I don't know, maybe we should call this Mystery Meat Tuesday. Remember that from school? Mystery Meat? Like that line from uh, The Dirty Dozen? I don't know what it is. I think I might have stepped in it a few times, but I never ate it. Uh, that We mentioned that at the end of yesterday's show. It's one of those movies, if you're of a certain age, you've heard about it ever since you've been alive. The Dirty Dozen. It's almost become a cliche in America. And I, I'm a little bit embarrassed to tell you guys, I hadn't seen it. And one of the best things, don't you think, about Netflix and Amazon and all of the other services is that you can fill in these gaps in your cultural knowledge. And that movie, 1967, an all-star cast, including a very young Donald Sutherland and a very badass Lee Marvin and a rather hefty, no, not hefty, but a very full-faced Charles Bronson, Trini Lopez, and George Kennedy, Ernest Borgnine. I mean, anybody who is anybody of that era in Hollywood was in the Dirty Dozen. Yeah, Trini Lopez. If I had a hammer, that guy. Yeah. And the movie is really good. It not maybe as good as Brad Pitt killing Nazis, which he seems to do in a lot of movies. Nothing wrong with killing Nazis, but um, it is really, really good. So, uh, look, I know that some of you, some of you of a certain age, you hear about ah, a movie was made in 1967. It's got to suck. No. Not at all. It was very engaging, very entertaining, and remarkably well done, especially considering the technology of the era in movie making. And it was shot actually uh, in England. So it's on Netflix, but you, I, I'm only mentioning this because you have to catch it until... Uh, the end of this month, the end of this month, it goes off of Netflix until they bring it back uh, again. I th think that's one of the movies they they cycle around. For example, Men in Black, those movies, you'll, you'll catch them for a few months, then they're gone, then they'll come back on. And uh, what, what, what's the other one? There's Men in Black and uh, oh, oh, Austin Powers, of course, the Austin Powers one. He left a floater! Uh, very, very good stuff. There's... Uh, so there, there's so much amazing um, entertainment out there, and that's see, and that that's one of the reasons uh, that that sports are are so big. Sports are a distraction. You know, the old Roman expression, bread and circuses, and I kind of feel that way about talk radio. More and more, increasingly so, I feel that way about talk radio, that what we should be is a distraction, a lot of times, a distraction from all of the angst and frustration in the world and get into topics that aren't, you know, Mitch McConnell, I, it's just whatever. But uh, David was talking um uh, today and, and seriously, David Bellavia, attended to. He always comes in and puts on a stellar show, and I really kind of don't like that because that means I cannot come in and just mail it in. I'm like every other American, just like you are. I'm as lazy as possible. I want to do the minimum amount of work for the maximum amount of money. That's <laughs> that's a true American in 2022. You Generation Zers, you got nothing on us late. Baby boomers, I'll tell you that. But 
inspiration, inspiration. The internet is an amazing place, as I'm sure you know. Of course, there are uh, certain places, and the movie Ted 2 verifies this, and if Seth MacFarlane says it, I know it's a, an absolute fact proven by science. But um, the internet, no matter what you look up, always seems to take you to German dungeon porn. Uh, if you're on a geology site, it's always about big rocks. Uh, it's just, it's, I don't know what happens with that, but that, that's what happens. Uh, but before we get into inspiration and part of inspiration, you know, the people at the SPCA inspire me. And the SPCA Radiothon is coming up in a couple of days, Thursday, December 8th, a date which will not live in infamy. All day, we'll be telling you about ways the SPCA serving Erie County has put compassion into action for the people and animals of our community. And you can go and do your part to yourspca.org slash radiothon22 and make your gift. So anyway, the uh, the internet is uh, it, it can be obviously a, a super cool place, and don't even know how I got there. I have no idea. I could look it up, the search history and everything I did, but ended up last night very inspired by some gentlemen who have not been with us for quite some time. For some reason. The internet and YouTube took me to Max Schmeling against Joe Lewis. Now, these guys were boxers, okay? Joe Lewis, the Brown Bomber, worked for Ford in Detroit, for our Canadian listeners, and people discovered, wow, this guy can really box. He's really amazing. Now, obviously today, the term the Brown Bomber, nobody's going to be called the Brown Bomber. We're talking about 1930s uh, America, okay? And you had Max Schmeling, uh, who was, of course, a product of uh, Nazi uh, Aryan racial superiority, uh, whatever. But anyway, it in, in the first bout, um, Joe Lewis did not take training seriously. Mock Schmeling studied film, and he hit the gym every single day. And after 12 or 13 rounds, Schmeling, the German, knocked Joe Lewis down. Joe Lewis was down for the count. In the second match, the rematch, Joe Lewis just destroyed Max Schmeling. Very early in the fight, it was it was an amazing turnaround of events. Okay, it would be like uh, who's the worst team in football right now this week, Josh? Worst team in football? Just think of a team. Is it uh, Houston? Probably, yeah. I would say Miami because they lost to a third string quarterback, but that's biased. Yeah, that, that's okay. Let's. It would be like Houston going into Arrowhead and defeating Patrick Mahomes. I mean, because Joe Schmel, uh, Joe Schmelick, uh, Richard Schmelick, what? Uh, Joe Lewis just was amazing in in that second fight. And here's where it gets really inspiring. The first fight when the German Schmeling knocked down Joe Lewis for the count. He takes one victory leap into the air, and he immediately rushes over to help Joe Lewis to his feet. 
And those two became lifelong friends. And there is a magnificent interview on YouTube that Ralph Edwards did for the old TV show, This Is Your Life. They had a whole bunch of famous people gathered. Among them was Joe Lewis. And Joe Lewis was the guy uh, whose life they replayed. And Max Schmeling, and remember, Germany and America in the 1930s were on a collision course, an inevitable collision course. And uh, they became lifelong, dear, close friends. In fact, Joe Lewis was financially supported in his later years by Max Schmeling, who paid some or all of the expenses of Joe Lewis's funeral. It is such an inspirational story. Watch the tape. Watch the videos of the Schmeling-Lewis fight one, Schmeling-Lewis fight two, and then Joe Lewis, this is your life. And I'm going to tell you something. It will bring tears to your eyes. And there is another inspirational story don't worry, I'll bring the show down here in a few minutes. But there, there is another inspirational story. And again, this is stuff they probably don't teach in schools anymore. But it involves Jesse Owens. How many of you have heard the name Jesse Owens? How many of you know what Jesse Owens did? Um, uh, let me just get a uh, thumbs up or thumbs down, Josh. You don't, you've never heard of Jesse Owens. Okay, see, this is staggering to me. Jesse Owens was one of the greatest athletes of 20th century America. And what made his story special was that Joe Lewis competed in the 1936 Berlin Olympic Games in August of 1936. He was one of our black brothers. Of course, he wasn't called that in America or Germany at the time. But Jesse Owens goes into Berlin, the hotbed of Aryan white supremacy. You think America is a white supremacist country. Uh, try Germany in the 1930s and 40s. Anyway, uh, Jesse Owens goes to the Olympics and absolutely cleans up. Just amazing with dashes, sprints, parts of the relay team. Utterly amazing. But here are two things that, well, one thing that is really inspiring and one thing that is a little bit infuriating. Uh, first of all, Adolf Hitler did not snub Jesse Owens. Adolf Hitler didn't really stick around for anybody after the contests were waged in the 1936 Olympics. And Jesse Owens said that they kind of exchanged waves. Hitler gave a little Nazi salute. Jesse Owens waved at him. There was an acknowledgement, according to Jesse Owens, of his accomplishments by Adolf Hitler. No, this does not mean Adolf Hitler was Uncle Adolf that we all want to go and see. Uh, far from it. But What's really interesting and inspiring about that particular story, not just what Jesse Owens, the American track star, was able to do on the world stage, um, but his German competitor noticed in a couple of early jumps 
in which Jesse Owens was disqualified, that Jesse Owens was doing something wrong. He needed to move back five inches or thereabouts before beginning the uh, running, which would lead to the jump into the sand, the long jump. So this German, this German in 1936, Nazi Germany, gives Jesse Owens some advice. What does Jesse Owens do with that advice? He wins the gold medal in the long jump. What does the German do who has just gotten the silver medal for the long jump? Because he gave his competitor advice on how to do better. Jesse Owens takes this German by the arm and they walk around the Berlin Olympic Stadium. It is one of the most touching moments in sports. It is inspirational. Both of those situations, Max Schmeling and Joe Lewis and Jesse Owens and uh, the German dude, uh, un- unbelievable. And, and Jesse Owens said that the brief friendship they enjoyed um, that All of the medals and all of his accomplishments were nothing compared to the brief friendship he enjoyed with his German competitor, the guy who was going against him, because the German ended up serving in the Wehrmacht and was killed in, I think, the Battle of Sardinia in uh, 1943, and basically... Jesse Owens and this German loved each other, absolutely loved each other. And it's, again, it just you hear all the time about bad stories, but these are really inspirational stories. And then to cap it off, because, you know, you need some help from me on what to watch on the Internet, obviously, but <clears throat> because there are more than a few videos out there, I'm not sure if you're aware of that on YouTube, but... There is an interview. Jesse Owens did not give a lot of interviews, okay? Couldn't have gotten him on this show. But a TV station in Tampa interviewed Jesse Owens about young people in America and opportunities in America and about all of the blessings that he was heir to. Jesse Owens was such an amazing class act and part of a generation of class that I don't know we're ever going to see again. This is a time when people wore suits to get on a train or to get on a plane and they spoke in a certain way. Everybody spoke in a certain way, very deliberative, uh, deliberate, and very well thought out. Everybody uh, was just, and I'm not, I'm talking everybody regardless of what somebody looks like. The interview that Jesse Owens did on the Tampa TV station is on YouTube. It'll take you about six minutes to watch it, and it is some of the most inspirational stuff about young people, opportunity, and America that you will ever want to hear. And I thought to myself, you know what? I I, I look at that interview with Jesse Owens, and 
I watched Joe Lewis and how he interacted with people who were former foes. And it's almost like that part of America is dead. And I wish that we could bring it back. A, a sense of sportsmanship. And the American soccer team, just to bring this up to the current day, a lot of people took note that the American soccer players <clears throat> consoled the Iranians after the United States beat Iran one to nothing at the World Cup. And there were statements made by some of the American players, look, we know that our countries have political differences, but we are playing a sport. We are in a game. This man is my brother. And maybe that's how I ended up with the Joe Lewis and Jesse Owens retrospective online last night. But if you ever feel like you need some inspiration, look, you might know people in your own life who are your inspiration. I, I do know a lot of people who are inspirational to me. But you like to go back and watch bits of history that they might not have taught you in school. And if Josh Schmidt, who is a young man in his 20s, he's very smart and he knows a lot about sports. If he's never heard of Jesse Owens, that is disturbing to me. It really is. Once you explained the story, I knew who it was. I just didn't know that was his name. Because I remember I've seen videos of that and I just, I didn't know that was his name. That's the only thing I didn't know. It's kind of like saying, weren't there these four guys from Britain in the United States who came on the Ed Sullivan show or something and everybody bought bought guitars the next day uh no I, I, Josh I, I'm ragging on you in, in a friendly in a friendly way but I, I was just so touched by what I saw online last night and then after I watched those the computer magically then went to German dungeon porn the strangest damn thing anyway um we have some interesting things I think we're going to get into today uh on news radio 930 WBEN. Oh, Josh is now trying to brown me up, playing the beat up, playing the Beach Boys. I don't think so. Playing the Bee Gees. Foolishly did not come to appreciate the Bee Gees until they weren't the Bee Gees anymore. Foolishly, at Brother Dick's house one Christmas night, was looking at the rack of CDs and said, Dick, the Beach Boys, I had no idea you went that way. And he said, a little bit defensively, he said, don't knock it. It's really good. And, uh, yeah, it, they were um, really, really good. And I can't believe I didn't appreciate their genius when they were still around. And there's a lot of that that goes around. A lot of people are not appreciated until after they're gone. Now, let me just uh, wrap up a little inspirational thing that I would give you. And I'm not trying to... I guess I'm. I, I guess you know. Sometimes I like to tell stories of inspiration that that I think uh, you might not be fully aware that they actually happened. For example, I cited earlier uh, the boxing matches between Max Schmeling and Joe Lewis. The first one, Schmeling beat Joe Lewis in 12 or 13 rounds. Second one, Joe Lewis just destroyed Mach Schmeling, but they became lifelong friends. They were 
I mean, the, the best of friends friends could possibly be. Sports were different back then. And Jesse Owens, here's something you don't know about Jesse Owens, the American, one of the greatest American athletes of the 20th century. The If they even teach kids about Jesse Owens anymore, what they will teach is Adolf Hitler was so upset that the master race lost to this black brother of ours that he snubbed Jesse Owens when Jesse Owens won the golds. Jesse Owens himself said Hitler and he exchanged a wave. Well, Hitler, the Nazi wave, Jesse Owens, a friendly wave. You know who did snub Jesse Owens and every other one of our black brothers from the 1936 Berlin Olympics? I'll give you a second to think about that. Was it Adolf Hitler? No. Was it Generalissimo Francisco Franco, who is still dead? No. Benito Mussolini? No. Guess who snubbed every single one of our black brothers who went to the 1936 Berlin Olympics in Nazi Germany and stole the show? President Franklin D. Roosevelt. Every athlete except our black brothers invited to the White House. Jesse Owens is a worldwide sensation in August of 1936. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the guy on the dime in your pocket, refused to invite our black brothers from the Olympics to the White House. Totally excluded them. You know why? Because he didn't want to lose votes from Democrats in the South. True story. Now, I got to tell you something living in cancel culture, I got to wonder why FDR is still on the dime. Seriously, I really do. Although I must admit that his speech the day after the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941, is truly, it's an overused word, but it's truly one of the most iconic speeches ever delivered. Yesterday... Sunday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I get chills. Everybody gets chills watching that speech all these years later. If you ever watch uh, Minute by Minute Pearl Harbor on Netflix, which is a very, very well done uh, uh, three-part uh, series. It's excellently done from the American and the uh, Japanese perspective. But... You know, just thinking about inspiration, because there, there, there's so much sadness in the world, which is where I want to go now. Because we had a meeting of the French Onion Soup Society last night at the usual place. Booker was kind enough to put in an appearance before he went off to the nearby bowling alley to watch his team bowl. He's not quite ready to bowl yet. The knee is he he's the Odell Beckham Jr. of bowling, you see. Okay. We're just waiting to see how the torn AC we're waiting to see how the knee replacement heals up on Booker. But anyway, um he he deigned to make an appearance last night. And um Mrs. Nerd said 
Kirstie Alley died. And I said, what? And she said, Kirstie Alley died. You remember Kirstie Alley. Was there ever a time when that woman did not appear smiling and full of life? And she wasn't that old either. And it was cancer. And this brings to mind, and I, I don't want this show to be a downer. But it's almost impossible to avoid. But I want to talk to you because we're entering, well, actually, I want to talk with you, not to you. Um, We're entering the holiday season, and we're all supposed to be festive and gay and merry and making merry, whether or not merry consents, apparently. We're all supposed to be in in a great mood. But we forget that people are dealing with loss. We, in the music industry, Christine McVie died last week. For many of us, she is perennially in her 30s or 40s playing keyboards with Fleetwood Mac. And yet, like everybody else, Time catches up with her. She died after a brief illness. Kirstie Alley died of cancer. And, you know, there's a couple of elements that come into the topic I'm going to introduce. I kind of feel bad because I built you up early with inspirational stories, and now I'm going to be the guy who lets out the beer fart at the party. Um. Well, it's funny when Larry the Cable Guy says it, so don't give me grief. So, a couple of things come to mind. Who have you lost personally? No last names, please. No last names. You can get me in trouble. Who have, have you lost personally at a far too early age? You know, during the last snowstorm, um, and I I don't know what the family would want me to say, so I'm going to kind of tiptoe around it. There's a very famous local restaurant guy who died while shoveling snow. And this was a guy who was a legend in the local restaurant business. And when you know the local restaurant business enough, you understand that there are certain people who are legends. Russell Salvatore would be at the top of the pyramid, okay? Uh, Mark Croce, when he was alive, was very, very big. And I'm going to leave people out, and I apologize for that. But Dave Schutte, Oliver's, Creekview, Brightsmith, he's a legend in the industry. Felix over at uh, Fornonopoly, legend in the restaurant business. And this gentleman who died, also a legend in the restaurant business. He was in his 40s. In his 40s. All right? And that was a sudden, unexpected situation. We knew it was going to be heavy snow. But problem with men in particular is... 
until sometimes it's too late. We think we're immortal, and we have to prove ourselves against the elements. I didn't snow. I'll shovel that. Well, if you're not used to a lot of heavy lifting and cardiovascular activity, and you've got maybe an electrical issue or a plumbing issue in your heart, um, it's not too hard to die when you shovel snow. It's happened before. It's going to happen again. I'm aware of, well, okay, a friend of a friend at a local hospital went in for open heart surgery. Death was not even on the table, okay? This man and his wife didn't even consider the possibility that he was not coming out of the OR alive. Two hours turned into four hours, turned into six hours. Think 10 hours they spent trying to keep this person alive. He was in his 40s as well, and he died. It has happened to people good. It has happened to people evil. There's an organized crime figure in Cleveland. Went in for a routine procedure, did not leave the OR alive. Medical science has advanced tremendously, but it is not perfect. So I'm, I'm curious about a couple of things. Uh, and again, this is not my attempt to bring anybody down, but it is an attempt to, I guess, get us all to appreciate what and whom we have when we have them. You, you reach a certain point in life where... You look at your friends, and you know how they eat. You know how they do or do not exercise. And time marches on, and you don't know for how long you are going to have those people. Cancer is obviously, absolutely devastating. And like you, I know so many people who have had cancer. In particular, the number of women I know who have had breast cancer, and most of them have survived and are doing very well. It is astronomical. It hits very close to home with me. And it is so incredibly, horribly sad, and you hear about this every now and again, to learn of a woman dying of breast cancer in her 30s. Testicular cancer. And look, I know you guys get sick of me saying this, but I have to say it. It's a legal thing. I'm not a doctor. There. Satisfied now? Good. Testicular cancer tends to be a disease of younger men. And quite a few years ago, I knew a young lady whose brother was diagnosed with testicular cancer and very shortly thereafter died from testicular cancer. Young man in his 20s, in his 20s. So cancer, it it, it affects people of all ages 
It is no respecter of persons or socioeconomic status or anything like that. But is there somebody you are going to be missing this holiday season when everybody is supposed to be festive and merry and happy and forever in your heart, that person has, there's a void in your heart because of the person that isn't there anymore. And we, you get to a certain point in life. Some of you lost siblings early in life, disease, accident, illness. Some of us have to wait a while before losing a sibling. And when you lose a sibling, it is a very, very close reminder of your own mortality. It really is. Uh, I know that it's especially difficult with twins. There is some kind of a twin bond. Those of us who are not twins will never be able to understand. But it definitely exists between twins. Don't know what it is, but it definitely exists. Sometimes when they're children, twins develop their own unique languages. Seriously, look it up. And, you know, I, I would like to hear your stories um, because Kirstie Alley reminds us that even somebody who seems so buoyant, so healthy, with so much life to live, can be taken by cancer. And, you know, in your parents' lifetime or your grandparents' lifetime, you didn't talk about cancer like you talk about it now. Now we talk freely and openly about it. Back then, far back as the 50s and even as recently as the 60s, uh, it was the big C. Or you'd go to a funeral. Well, what did John die of? It was cancer. You didn't want to say the word. Those of you who've seen The Darkest Hour about Churchill, England taking power, World War II, there's a scene where the former prime minister, Chamberlain, is seated on a bench with Lord Halifax, and he says, I fear I shall never see my country at peace again. I have cancer. And Halifax just looks totally aghast. It's a poor devil. Um, it, it was a disease that people didn't talk about. And there's a certain cancer as well that people don't talk about. And it is colorectal cancer. I mean, it's a part of the body that certainly serves a function. Without it, we'd be in deep you-know-what. But Farrah Fawcett, she died the same day it was uh, Michael Jackson, I believe it was. So her, her death was rather overshadowed but she put up a very public spirited and inspiring display against cancer and she had colorectal cancer and you know Farrah Fawcett back in the 1970s think of the most gorgeous sought after woman in pop culture today. It's going to be different for whoever you are and whatever age level you happen to be. 
All right? But just imagine that person 20 years from now, 30 years from now, and you find out that they're dying or have died of colorectal cancer. And that is why I mentioned breast cancer. It is vitally important that you get your mammograms as directed by your doctor. It is very important that you know your family history when it comes to the various cancers that can happen in the human body. There is a gene in particular that has been identified with with breast cancer. And you need to know this. I know of situations where in in one family, um, 60% of the women have developed and beaten breast cancer, which is, the the other one did not develop it, at least so far. Um, but, you know, it, it's a word we hear all the time. And hearing about Kirstie Alley last night, and you know what? I couldn't tell you a lot about Kirstie Alley, but what I can tell you is every time you saw her, she always seemed so bubbly and alive and full of life. Never met her, never wrote to her for her autograph, but of all the people that hit me from out of the blue at this restaurant last night, hearing that Kirstie Alley had died of cancer, wow. That that was that was um, that 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 had an impact. I didn't know her. It still had an impact. But if you have lost somebody because uh, because of cancer, and you want to tell us what that loss has meant to you, uh, and and you can tell it to us in a way where you're not going to break down in tears because I don't want to do that to you. I, I'd like to hear about it. And, and, and there's something else that I think we need to get into. And that is, what is old to you? What is old to you? What number is old to you? You know, I think we kid ourselves when people say, oh, age is just a number. Well, if it's just a number, how would you feel if I came home with your 18-year-old daughter and she said, this is Tom. He's 59, but in his heart, he's 12 years old. I don't think you'd be very happy. Age is more than just a number. It is experience, good and bad, and a lot of other things. But what is old? I always used to think that old was, and this depends on where you are in life, when you are 20, 60 seems old to you, right? When you are 40, 70 seems old to you. And at some point, you you start to bridge that gap and you say, my goodness, I'm old. I don't know. You guys want to do this? Let me uh, give you the phone number. Started off with inspiration, but these stories too can be inspirational and educational. 